This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, DMV governors worry the president may open federal offices a little too soon. Lawmakers want to know how GSA is handling leases during the pandemic. And another group of congressmen are concerned about a data breach at the Small Business Administration coming at the worst time. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Top leaders in the National Capital Region are urging the Trump administration to keep existing telework policies in place while they're trying to contain the pandemic. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, and D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser warned the administration against reopening federal offices too early. They say they trust the administration to implement telework policies that match their operating postures. The administration released guidance earlier this week instructing agencies to start thinking about reopening plans in tandem with state decisions. House and Senate Democrats push back on reports that the Trump Organization seeks to reduce its rent on the Trump Hotel in D.C. during the pandemic. Senator Chris Van Hollen has asked the General Services Administration how many of its tenants have asked to pay less rent since the pandemic began and the agency's policy on modifying an existing lease. This comes after House Oversight and Reform Committee Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney and Government Operations Subcommittee Chairman Jerry Connolly urged GSA not to reduce the Trump Hotel's rent. Leaders of the House and Senate Small Business Committees asked the Small Business Administration to shed more light on reports of a data breach. The lawmakers asked SBA to explain how the breach occurred, the number of individuals affected, and when the agency first notified those affected. The request comes after reports that SBA exposed personally identifiable information about nearly 8,000 businesses that applied for economic injury disaster loans. A new survey shows how hard small defense businesses are being hit by coronavirus. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni reports. A report from the National Industrial Defense Association finds revenue expectations, meeting contract obligations, and access to capital are the biggest issues for small defense businesses. 60% of the 770 businesses surveyed said the COVID-19 crisis interfered with their cash flow because of cuts to billable hours and delayed payments. The survey also found that the technology and services sectors are taking the larger brunt of the economic I'm Scott Massioni. The Census Bureau launches a COVID-19 data hub to help agencies, businesses, and community leaders make data-driven decisions during the pandemic. The platform pulls data from the Bureau's American Community Survey and its County Business Patterns program and includes population demographics, economic indicators, and business data. The Bureau has released similar dashboards during natural disasters. It's released a beta version of the data hub, but will update the platform based on user feedback. The National Archives and Records Administration gives federal employees a heads up about keeping records while teleworking. NARA reminds employees who use their personal email accounts for official business must copy their .gov email account or forward those messages within 20 days. Also, agencies that use video conferencing platforms should still keep record of those meetings as if they were happening in person. The Air Force is preparing to implement a new tenant bill of rights by issuing policy on what information airmen will get when they move into new homes. The guidance also sets new reporting requirements for companies that own privatized military housing. The bill of rights is a response to reports of mice, mold and lead paint in privately owned military houses. 
The Air Force Reserve mobilizes another 150 medical professionals to help fight against COVID-19 in the New York City area. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has details. The latest augmentees are all volunteers. Most are nurses and medical technicians and come from 18 different Air Force Reserve units around the country. Officials say they'll be assigned to help with medical needs in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. The deployment adds to the 2,500 DOD personnel who are already delivering medical support in the area. Nationwide, the department says there are more than 54,000 military personnel directly involved in domestic COVID response and relief efforts, most of them from the National Guard. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. About 1,900 employees at the Veterans Health Administration have been diagnosed with coronavirus. That totals up by 300 cases from the previous week. 20 VA employees have died from complications due to coronavirus. VA says employees with COVID-19 make up less than 1% of its workforce. The department says it's a sign their health and safety precautions for employees are working, but a group of Senate Democrats say they're still hearing about shortages of personal protective equipment at VA facilities. The Army completes the first round of a challenge contest in what might be record time. Federal News Network's Tom Temin has more. The challenge launched April 5th. It seeks cheap, easily made, deployable medical ventilators that work in austere environments. Yesterday, the Army's ex-tech judges picked two companies to get $100,000 prizes for their innovative designs. That followed eight pitches by 150 initial contestants. Spyro Devices proposed a breathing bag solution, Air Mid Critical Care Products, a bellows. Next, they develop the ideas to where they can make 10,000 devices in eight weeks. I'm Tom Temin. Forty federal, state, and local government and industry technology projects are finalists for the Igniting Innovation Award. ACT-IACT released the list of contenders out of 140 nominations for one of eight recognitions given to programs that try to improve services to citizens and government operations. This is the seventh year of the award ceremony. ACT-IACT will announce the winners on August 3rd in Washington, D.C. The Government Accountability Office did not have many positive things to say about the Trump administration's plans to merge the Office of Personnel Management with the General Services Administration. GAO reviewed a handful of the reorganization initiatives from the Trump administration. OPM never articulated the benefits, costs, and alternative options for merging with GSA. Early attempts to engage OPM employees in reorganization efforts were insufficient, and GAO says OPM did not share all the details about the reorg with its employees. Moving the National Background Investigation Bureau from OPM to the Pentagon got better marks from GAO. GAO says the Interior Department violated the Anti-Deficiency Act last year when it used user fees to keep national parks open during the government shutdown and then violated it again by refusing to notify Congress it had done so. Interior disagrees with GAO's findings that the reopening of the parks was illegal, but in a letter to senior lawmakers, GAO says the department should have explained that in its own congressional notification instead of ignoring GAO's findings altogether. And a longtime CIO steps into an additional leadership role. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has more. David Shive, the General Services Administration CIO, is the new vice chairman of the CIO Council. The council named Shive to his new additional role earlier this week. Shive replaces former Department of Justice CIO Joe Klimovich, who retired from federal service in February. Along with being GSA's CIO for the last five years, Shive also has been the co-chairman of the Council's Services, Strategy, and Infrastructure Committee. As vice chairman, Shive will provide on-the-ground feedback and insights about how policies and initiatives could impact agencies. I'm Jason Miller. Find these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com and stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus with our coronavirus resource page. I'm Eric White.